to the dog pound featuring myself robbie nelson and of course my guy mike kit and and uh <clears throat> mike tell the people what we got on the episode today yeah uh we're gonna be going over a brief history of operation t-bone and albert the bull uh then we'll be going into our second section of kit's corner with a special guest of ours our friend brad hansen um, and it's also going to have our, our soon-to-be patented kit fact. Bingo. And, and then following up with our Ragbray recap <laughs> um, with Cody and The Wills. Yeah, Ragbray. Yeah. Hey, the Des Moines Register guy <laughs> came out and said that was the actual naming yeah. of it. Everybody says Ragbray, but it's actually Ragbray according to that article, so... Which can't be right. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully everybody uh, enjoys what we got today. I think, I think today's episode should be fun all the way around. So, um, like Kit uh, mentioned to start off with, uh, for the sur- first section, I'm going to do uh, a brief history of Operation T-Bone and Albert the Bull. So, for those that don't know, Mike and I... Uh, went to school growing up in the town of Audubon, Iowa. And what we're known for is the world's largest statue of a bull by the name of Albert. And our town celebration that we have every year in the first weekend of August is actually called Operation T-Bone. Or T-Bone Days, as a lot of people call it. So I thought, since we're a week away from that, this would be a good time to give you a brief rundown and uh you know as a grandson of a a local historian uh, my grandma karma hutchins love you grandma uh i verified some of these facts when i saw her on saturday just to make sure i uh (laughs) wasn't giving you guys false information so all right so like i said t-bone days is the audubon town celebration that's held every year the first weekend of august and this year is actually the 68th annual celebration so we'll do a little backstory on old operation t-bone so kit let's take the time machine back i know you're a big time travel guy with our back to the future so let's paint a picture here early 1950s local cattle market they're raising sorry <laughs> they're raising prime grade cattle best market for this is actually in chicago so in the fall and early winter 
they would ship them on the Northwest Railroad to Chicago to go to the market. So some of the homeboys I would ride on this back in the caboose would wanted to invite local businessman Al Cruz, who was actually the president of the First State Bank in Audubon at the time, to go on this. And I assumed to, you know, crush whiskey, you know, hooda girls, whatever. You party. Know. Yeah, party. <laughs> but he would decline because they didn't have what was called a Pullman car on the train. So a little history on the Pullman car. It's basically like a luxury sleeping car that had power to it that <clears throat> was just more of the like high class thing you'd ride on a train, not a cold caboose in the back behind all these cattle. So since they didn't have one, he was talking about getting one and they said, well, we can't have one because we always sit in the caboose and we can't get power back there. So he's like, why don't we put it on the front and we can get power to it? Uh, duh. <laughs> so in 1951, they finally pulled this off and took their first trip to Chicago in this Pullman car with all these guys, with all the ca- cattle, and it was a success, and it was awesome. So, the Northwest Railroad Company, unfortunately, had to pull out, I think, because um, money-wise or something like that. But they, they ended up using the Rockford uh, Railroad Company after that going forward. So, now, to come up with the name of this, this trek that they were taking with the cattle, our boy Al was with a guy by the name of Joe Skinner, who worked for a paper that was owned by Elmer Carlson and was assigned to actually work on the publicity for this event. So Joe actually thought it should be called Operation Sirloin. But our boy Al was like, nah, Operation T-Bone, way better. Better steak. Yeah, yeah. So Operation T-Bone from then on, it was called. So... Al, um, as the basically the head of this whole operation, did a bunch of the legwork. He would uh, work with the railroad to make sure they have the right you know cars and everything for the the train for their trek every year. He would coordinate with the hotels in Chicago for lodging, um, and he also actually had the people at First State Bank actually work on this for them. So, um, what's actually even crazier about this is that. It made national and overseas news. So uh, one of the first years they did it, the Chicago Tribune loved it. They thought it was a cool idea. So they had all uh, pictures in the paper, a big article. Excuse me. And this actually made it to London into their paper, which is nuts to think about. These guys from, well, one guy from Audubon is in the London paper, you know, in the 50s. So. Um, also like New York had this, like in the times, like they actually called Al and they're like, Hey, tell us more about operation T-bone. So I just thought that was really cool. So unfortunately it didn't last forever. Um, when we were getting close to the sixties, like it just, it was dying out. Like it wasn't as popular. It was as a, the first couple of years, but what's important about this is it actually leads into Albert the bull. So. I don't know if you knew this or not from pressing the button where it would moo at you down at Albert the Bull. <laughs> but uh, 
it was he was built in 1963, but he wasn't actually dedicated till 1964, um, in that year's Operation T-Bone. So he weighs 45 tons, and he's 30 feet tall for the people that might be listening to this that haven't actually seen him. He's a uh, he's a spectacle. So or a spectacle. Jeez, I sound like you, kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <clears throat> so. In 1963, the Ottoman Junior Chamber of Commerce, also known as the JCs, decided to build this statue to celebrate this Operation T-Bone that I was just talking about, but also represent our cattle raising history of the region. So they came up with the idea for the bull. So with a steel frame made from dismantled windmills, covered with wire mesh, and then three coats of concrete, Albert the Bull was born. A ton of people ended up joining the JCs and helping to build it to make sure that it was what we see today. <clears throat> so to honor our boy Al that we were talking about with Operation T-Bone, Albert Cruz, they named the Bull Albert and dedicated him in 1964, like I said, for the 14th annual Operation T-Bone. And just some fun facts about Albert. I mean, just last year he was in the Super Bowl in a commercial. He is in Kit's favorite movie, Beethoven's Third, and has been a question even on the game show Jeopardy. So just some fun facts for you. And I mean, that's not a whole lot of information, but I just thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about. And it's just, it's amazing that just out of this random thing of going to Chicago to take these cattle to market, was born the world's largest statue of a bull. I mean, what do you think, Mike? Well, it's amazing. The Back in Audubon, there was a a large stock stockyards. Like, that's how it really developed, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you had cows coming in from all over the area to be, you know, sold off and sent to Chicago. So... You know, Audubon was really a, a big trade market in that area to, you know, send them off. So that's what, you know, really, I mean, we don't have the stockyards there anymore as much to, mm-hmm. you know, move forward. But it's really, you know, nice to see, you know, you know, past history and, you know, what it was. It's not that anymore. They don't have, mm-hmm. you know, those, you know, the cattle as much anymore. It's more you know hog driven and other markets to yeah i mean it it has really changed in our region like kind of what you talked about in episode one like pigs kind of run this state now you know excuse me and but i think it's important that we still honor the what was big back then which was this cattle market and i just think it's really cool like I don't know if we appreciate it as much as we probably should since we grew up with this well, bull in our town. And we didn't grow up in the area. The You know, like your grandma and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the people that were there before have yeah. more respect because, you know, they dealt with more of the stockyards, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it was a completely different era. And it's like, it's you don't appreciate it without, you know, being there. I mean, you know, speaking of my grandma, like she was born during the great depression and I've talked to her before about like that era. And like, 
as a history guy, as you know, like I can appreciate it, but I don't understand it like she does because like she lived it. Yep. And I mean, this is not as serious as that was, no. obviously, but I mean, I think it's really cool. And like, I don't know if you ever watched last year when the the Super Bowl like commercial when they're leading up to it, they'd actually interviewed some people in town about Albert the Bull, and I thought it was really cool. Like, they actually had people that were there when this was all happening and i mean that that had to be crazy you know like you have this huge bull getting built um that theoretically people from all over the country are going to come see and not that our tourism is huge in our town but like there's people that probably live all over the country be like you tell them you're from ottoman iowa they're like oh yeah that's it's got the huge bull in it so I just think it's really cool. Like, we actually grew up with that, you Something know? Something very unique for the town. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I think what's cool is that we still do Operation T-Bone. They have a parade. Um, the the um, cattle, uh, Iowa Cattlemen or Cattlemen's Association, what's it called? Yeah, it'd just be the Audubon County Cattlemen's Yeah, Cattlemen. I mean, they're, they're a big part of the parade, as well as the pork producers, because like you said, like, Pork's a really big, you know, thing in the region now. But like, they always have a stand set up, and they're part of the parade and everything. So, it's it's big for the community to yeah yeah you know just get together. You know, you you like Exira has their Fourth of July. Yeah, it's it's a get together where people come back to celebrate. Yeah, and, and I think in a small town like we grew up in, it's important to have those type of things because this is a time where you get to see people that you haven't seen in years. And like, you know, we have our class reunions during that time. And it's just, uh, it's just cool. Like it's, it's a central area to everybody to congregate, yeah. you know, usually during the summer. Yep. Yeah. And you know, town square and all that. So, um, did you have any other questions that, uh, I didn't answer on this? Not really. I mean, all I would say would be is uh, George Consanza would be a big fan of T-Bone Days because he wanted to give himself that nickname. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's funny. T-Bone. Bone. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so I know this is kind of a short section, but I just I thought it would be cool, especially with our 68th annual T-Bone Days this very next weekend, so. Our friends back in Ottawa, if they're listening to this, um, you know, have fun, appreciate, have fun, and appreciate the history of Operation T Bone, and just kind of remember, you know, what this actually brought to our community, you know, and and you can, you know, give a shout out to our guy Albert the Bull, like, you know, drive by him, point at him, give him a thumbs up, be like, thanks, Albert. <laughs> All right, so when we come back, we will have our very good friend, Brad Hansen, on for a very special Kit's Corner. So, Kit, do you have any other teasers you want to give them? I'll just drop it on them when we get to it. Okay, okay. It's that great. Well, I hope everybody looks forward to it because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, we will catch you after the break.
right, and we are back for our always favorite section of Welcome to the Dog Pound podcast, which is Kit's Corner. And we have a very special guest on today, Brad Hansen, who's a good friend of Mike and I. So, Kit, tell us uh, what we're doing for Kit's Corner. Perfect. Brad, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, Audubonite. As per uh, the other two here, Kit and uh, Rob Dog, I would say also as per you know uh, a large a large list of the subscribers to Welcome to the Dog Pound, as uh, you know the the Audubonites can help this grow and grow and grow. Um, but plan. currently live in Atlanta and a huge fan of what's coming up in uh, Kit's Corner. Perfect, thanks, Brad. So starting off with Kit's Corner. Uh, I want, I'm big on power rankings and top five lists. So this week I wanted to go in to top five Seinfeld episodes that we each like. It's the greatest show of all time. 169 episodes. I mean, they're all great. I mean, you can't say there's a bad one of the bunch. So they just fit together so fantastically. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to start it out, and we're going to start from our top five, or our fifth one, and work our way down, and we might have some honorable mentions towards the end. So, uh, you know, I hope you both are excited, Dennis. I think we're going to get some good discussions about the show. Yeah, man. Definitely. Perfect. Definitely. So, let it rip. Uh, I'll let it start off here. In my fifth-ranked Seinfeld episode is the Merv Griffin show. <laughs> the one where Kramer gets the uh, the studio from uh, the Mer- old Merv Griffin set and sets it up in his apartment, and he starts having guests on. Uh, this is also one where George hits a squirrel from swerving from pigeons. <laughs> so he, he brings it back to life from uh, the veterinarian's small tools. Um, and then... It just it's great because George and uh, Jerry uh, they drug they drug the woman with uh, the tryptophan in Turkey and uh, wine and they start playing with her uh, her toy collection awesome episode and then at the end it's just Kramer and Newman trying to make uh, just hil- just a you know hilarity ensues so it's a great episode. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, not to uh, burst the list bubble or anything, but uh, I've, I've definitely got to overlap with you on this one, Kit. Should I uh, go ahead and tell yeah, you the, yeah, the, tell my us, placement? Yeah, tell us where it was. Yeah. I've actually got this as number one. That's number one. Wow. It's a great episode. That, it is a great episode. It is so quotable, basically. So, I mean, one of my favorite lines from it is, you know, while they're, uh, as Kramer's pretending, you know, to be basically the host of this show, you know, he says, El Paso, I spent a month there one night. Like, (laughs) unbelievable line. Oh, man. Also, it brings out, uh, what is this amateur hour when they've got uh, Jim Fowler on and, uh, uh, you know, trying to go with their new format of Scandals and Animals. (laughs) Yes, the animal segment, right? Yeah. And that's when George brings the squirrel on to Jack Hanna, and he's like, eagles eat squirrels, you idiot. (laughs) 
exactly. Oh, man. He's, uh, George is mad at the Penguins, you know, because <laughs> first, before the squirrel, he said, uh, you know, we had a deal with the Penguins. Basically, they move out of our way, and we, uh, you know, look overlook the uh, defecation on uh, buildings and statues <laughs> and stuff. Oh, man. That's oh, so yeah. yeah. And uh, if uh, you guys remember, you know, so obviously Elaine's got to be built into the episode as per usual, except for, I believe, like maybe two episodes total where, you know, they're not, they don't actually feature all four of the main characters, yep. but yeah. she's obviously working at Peterman and she's got a yep. sidler yep. and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, needs, needs help with the antique toy collection with the gum. Um, the sidler's hilarious. He's got a huge gap in the front teeth. She eventually oh. gets wrestling, sh- or sorry, she eventually has wrestling shoes so that yeah. she's quiet too to be able to sneak up behind him. Yeah. Uh, solid episode. Yep. Sorry, sorry I took your number one, Brad. I didn't wow. realize it'd be that high. I honestly I, didn't think it would no be problem. anybody's number one. I had it actually as an honorable mention because um, it's actually not in my top five, believe it or not, but it's a damn good episode, though. <laughs> I uh, I kind of forgot <laughs> the squirrel and... Oh man, that that one's good. That one's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew that I needed one, uh, and I, I mean, I've I've got another one, but I knew I needed one with Newman. I needed Peterman, um, oh, Pe- and then also the fact that Kramer is you know playing perfectly Kramer. Basically, yeah, he's taking on the role of like someone peak, else, which he does to a T. <laughs> um, sorry. Go ahead, Kit. I was gonna say, Brad, do you want to go with your fifth one? Sure. Number five, I actually just watched today. Um, it is The Wizard. So Ooh. The Wizard is when uh, Jerry buys his dad a wizard organizer uh, for his birthday. He visits Florida. Right. Uh, but really the key and like the, the, whole, the whole show centers around Kramer because <laughs> he ends up retiring. And, you know, beans that what you do when you retire in New York, what do you do? Well, you move to Florida. You move to New York South. (laughs) And uh, you got Kramer then moving in next door to Morty and Helen uh, Seinfeld and essentially living the same life that he would where he mooches (laughs) off of them the same way that he mooched off of Jerry. But, you know, eventually, uh, eventually he becomes uh, Morty starts campaigning for Kramer uh, in a puppet regime to become, you know, the, uh, essentially just like the mayor, you could call it of the, uh, of the retirement village. That's right. That's right. Uh, It's so great because in that episode, they, they want, Jerry tells his dad, he got a deal on the wizard and it was so cheap. And he's like, Oh, it's a great tip calculator. It does other things. But but then because he didn't get a deal on it and they were going to buy him for the association, they got him Willards instead of wizards. Yeah. Willards. Exactly. Mine doesn't have a seven button. (laughs) Exactly. Bob Sacramento senior screwed him. Yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah, he had a guy, yeah. Bob Sacamano Jr. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so man. also in that episode, though, uh, you break out. I mean, obviously, we got, you know, George up in New York uh, running wild as usual. And this is actually season nine, episode 15. So pretty late in the whole Seinfeld run. And uh, obviously, you know, you've had Susan and you've had her parents, the Rosses, um, you know, in prior episodes. Mm -hmm. And you've also had just a different mention of the Hamptons in previous episodes um, on Long Island. So this is where George essentially lies to them, tells them that he's got a place in the Hamptons to get out of doing something for the uh, Susan Ross Foundation. 
And eventually they drive all the way to the end of Long Island. And he's telling about his horses, Snoop, Snoopy and Prickly Pete. Um, the whole thing kind of comes to a head where they're all liars. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He, he goes full core into lying about the Hamptons. <laughs> he absolutely does. <laughs> he absolutely oh, does. And then the Elaine arc is basically whether or not it's kind of a weird take on, uh, I guess what you could say, like, racial conversation uh because she's not sure if her boyfriend is black um, oh yeah it's like the interracial couple on its whole yeah, life yeah, yeah. yeah. And she doesn't know how to introduce him that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh. exactly and then he, he thinks they're an interracial couple because she's italian right well actually no, she keeps taking him to Spanish restaurants. That's right. So she actually, or sorry, he thinks that he, that she is uh, like either Spanish or Mexican or Spanish. something. Yep. Um, so then they're both completely confused. <laughs> oh, That's sure. right. That's right. <laughs> we're, only two, I, we're only two episodes in and I'm yeah. giggling like a squirrel. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually didn't have this written on my original 10. I can't believe that. Like this one's actually, I forgot how funny it was. My bad. I, I feel like I'm letting you guys down. I didn't have this written down, man. Hey, man, no, no worries. What? There's just so many, you know, good ones. Like it's just so hard, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, I guess before we go on, I was looking through like an entire list of 169 and started making like you know my. I'm like, all right, I'll try to whittle it down. Well. Yeah. My list whittled down from you know 169 to 100, and then I'm like, wow, I don't even know if I can go any any yeah. smaller. So uh, definitely a tough one, tough show. You know, it's all great. Yeah, absolutely. What's your fifth one, Rob? So I uh, I'm sure you guys enjoyed this one. This is actually one of my favorite ones, but I put it at number five. It's the race from season six, and it's episode ten. So. I like it for many reasons. Uh, the the all the communist uh, references. Uh, you know, Jerry's obsessed with Superman references, and he finally gets to date a lady by the name of Lois, and he keeps saying her name over and over and over. Her boss is actually his high school nemesis, uh, Duncan Meyer, and yes, Duncan. And there's this legend of this race from back in the day with. Uh, God, what was the the school teacher's name? They say it numerous times, but I can't remember. It's Mr. It's some weird name. But anyway, so he, George, and this Duncan kid were in this race, and Jerry got a head start, so he won the race, and this legend grew on of him being the fastest kid in the class. Duncan claims. He claims, has. yeah. So Right. So <laughs> Duncan hates this, still hates him because he's like, you didn't win that race, you know, the right way because – he wouldn't run after that because he want he didn't want the, the the legend to die, um, so I mean that's a recurring theme through this whole episode. Plus, you have Elaine's boyfriend who is a communist because he has the Daily Worker, and yep. and uh, he uh, Elaine is like, oh, I'm dating a communist. Like she's all pumped about it, and she goes down because uh, Kramer is the Santa Claus. With him and Mickey, who's the the midget guy, right? Um, yep. <laughs> he he starts talking to him about uh, communism, and and Kramer's like, "Oh, this is right on my alley," and uh, he starts reading it, and then promoting uh, 
uh, communist propaganda to the kids. And he's like, this guy's a commie. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yep. The kid calls him out. <laughs> yeah, the kid calls him out. It's so funny. <laughs> and then all the while while this is going on, George uh, saw in the Daily Worker that there's an ad for a lady who was looking for uh, uh, a date but didn't care what the person looked like. He's like, oh, this is perfect for me. So he actually calls her, and they call the Yankees' offices. And the lady's like, (laughs) his secretary or whatever, is like, George, there's a person from the Daily Worker here to call you. And so he talks to her and, like, sets it up or whatever. But why that happened, it made made the, the, the lady told Steinbrenner that she thought that George was a communist. <laughs> so George call or uh, uh, Steinbrenner calls him into the office to talk about uh, sending him to Cuba to get to the, the right, pl- uh, these the players. players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Oh, uh, and then they finally have the race and yep. uh, Kramer gets into his car and it shoots off the gun. So backfires. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, and Jerry gets a head start again and wins and they play the Superman music and he pushes Elaine out of the way to yep. uh, get with Lois. So I, Oh man, I watched this again yesterday and I laughed my ass off the whole time. I just, I love that episode. Good episode. No, fantastic. You're, you're right. So many good pieces, so many good pieces to the puzzle in that one. And especially when they're talking, when Elaine is saying, yeah, I'm dating a communist, very successful <laughs> communist, which very, yeah. completely goes against what the entire, you know, yeah. uh, awesome. like what it's entirely about. Yeah. <laughs> is this, oh man. And like, I can appreciate that. Cause like, as a history guy, like when they're talking about the communism part and she's like, you had a good run and she's talking about like how communism fell on. And the guy she's dating, was his name Ned? Ned? Or Ed? Or something like that? She's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, we had a good run. <laughs> oh, I, great, great. It's, it's a great episode. Great, great start here, guys. Yeah. So, uh, so let, I'm going to start with my number four. And this one is, is a very popular one to me. It's called The Opposite. George is actually unemployed, living with his parents. And once sitting at the coffee shop, Jerry tells him, basically, you every time you decide something, you're doing it wrong. So going forward, you need to do the exact opposite of what you do. So at the coffee shop, he tells a woman, hey, I'm unemployed. I live with my parents. Boom. He gets a date with her. Um, Elaine also, uh, basically, the episode turns into her... Uh, her boyfriend gets in an accident. She doesn't go straight to the hospital and gets candy. Causes a huge, uh, uh, huge confrontation with her boyfriend in the hospital. Uh, and then uh, following up is this is also when Kramer is on the Regis and Kathy Lee show prom- oh, yeah, promoting right. his uh, coffee table book. So. Um, it's just a great episode. You know, it also turns into this is the one where George starts with the Yankees because he interviews uh, with George Steinbrenner. That's right. And he calls George Steinbrenner out, and that's what actually gets him the job for the traveling assistant to the – or the travel assistant to the secretary. Yeah, yep. traveling secretary. Right, yeah. <laughs> great episode. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's a good one. 
Brad, would you like to go to your fourth one? Yeah, that just reminded me, too, of the episode that you brought up before, Rob, where you've got Steinbrenner, and you always you know, see him just from his back. Backside. Because it's, it's Larry David playing yep. uh, uh, Steinbrenner. But then you, you cut to it, and you've got Fidel Castro essentially in the exact same <laughs> office, you know, <laughs> talking the exact same as uh, Steinbrenner. It's, it's such an underrated part of that, I think. And the president of Tyson Chicken, too. They do the same yep. thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. All right. Drop us number four here, Brad. Number four, I've got. I'm back. I'm back in the Hamptons, actually. Uh, and it's actually called the Hamptons. The Hamptons. The Hamptons. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only episode that I've got in the first uh, one. I guess earlier than season eight. Um, I would say one thing about Seinfeld is it only got better. It, that uh, the is first very three true. seasons. I mean, whereas they're funny when you compare it to a di- different TV show, yeah. like seasons, especially five through nine, they're just, just they're killer. Like, that's what I told they're Kit all earlier. Solid. What'd you say, Rob? I, I that's what I told Kit earlier too, is yeah. that it was just one of those things that it just got better. So. Better over time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So in the Hamptons, though, you kind of uh, reprise a lot of you got to see the baby with the uh, woman <laughs> with the really annoying voice and the ugly babies where they even reference, you know, baby looks like Lyndon Johnson, for example, for a little history. Uh, George's girlfriend, she tans topless. This is where, you know, the term shrinkage became popularized. So funny. As she walks in on George as he's changing and, you know, they're trying to understand whether or not women understand you know shrinkage and eventually they jerry's talking to elaine and says it's like a frightened turtle (laughs) um and then also in this one the doctor basically describes elaine as breathtaking but also uses the same word to describe this ugly baby (laughs) and she's appalled and she yeah she's so confused then at that point like uh, she eventually i think the doctor eventually says to her you know, when talking to, uh, when she's unsure whether they're talking about her or the baby, is that sometimes you just have to say things just to be nice. But she has no idea if she's now talking, if he's talking about her or the baby. Um, but this one kind of ring a bell just because I can, I can remember the exact, exactly first time that I saw the episode and, you know, first heard this like terminology about shrinkage, like while in Audubon in my basement. Pretty sure, like, you know, watching it with my brother and my dad and it just, sure. you know, stuck to me. Oh man, I was in the pool. <laughs> I was in the pool. I was in the pool. Oh, exactly. That's also a great episode because Kramer actually steals lobsters out of a, a basket in the ocean and gets arrested for stealing all the lobsters. It was a lobster trap, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's a great episode. I uh, I had that listed on my honorable mention. It's not in my top five. It was it was hey, a tough cut down, man. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is tough. I know. Uh, I just, and I kept, as I was looking through, you know, honestly, I kept seeing, I'm like, oh, I love this one from season nine. I love yeah. this one from season eight. I love this one from season <laughs> seven. But I, I had to give a shout out to at least, you know, the, I guess we'll say, quote unquote, first half of the uh, overall series. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, yeah, this is a good one. Rob, what would be your fourth? Well, it's one of the most epic lines, I feel like, in this series, the yada yada. So, Brad, you'll appreciate this. the The girl that uh, he's dating is Susan Cryer, who is actually in Silicon Valley, and she comes up with the yada yada when he's dating uh, George. 
You're right, and yeah. he plays a completely he, opposite isn't that crazy? character. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't realize I that it. until okay. I already watched it recently. So, but <clears throat> she's not the only famous person that is. It also features Brian Cranston in his role as Tim Watley, the dentist. And, yes. Yeah, and it's right when he converts to Judaism and becomes a Jew, and just for the joke, just for the jokes, and it pisses <laughs> off Cherry, and. He's not only doing Jewish jokes, he's also doing Catholic jokes. Oh. So Jerry goes to the 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 priest or the the father that was actually at the dentist's office to, to complain about it. Confessional yeah. complain. And he says a dentist joke and the <laughs> priest tells Tim about the dentist joke and uh, Tim gets mad at Jerry about it that they the dentists live this hard life and He's a denti? Is that how they say it? Like he's anti anti denti. Yeah, and Kramer goes on this big spiel about it in his apartment. It's so damn funny. Like they they pretty soon they're gonna say that, that they have their own schools. They do. Their own schools. So funny. So funny. So, but I mean, the whole episode, like the, the best part of it, obviously, is just uh, they yada yada everything. So they keep yada yada in sex. Like, I have yada yada. Yeah. Sex. <laughs> yeah. So like that's a big part of like Elaine. She starts us- using that about yada yada, and she's like, and he never called me again. You know, like I I just love that episode so much. Because I've used yada yada before, so. <laughs> <laughs> we all have, man. We all yeah. have. The, uh, that, <laughs> when he's in that uh, booth, too, I remember it was uh, some sort of a joke about, he was also telling the priest about a Rock Hell Welsh joke. And then <laughs> he's, eventually he's the end of it was like, so he has no, to I tell him about it. the buoys. Yeah, know? the buoys. And the, the priest starts laughing. And then he actually tells him a dentist joke, and the priest is like, no. <laughs> That's and, right. And he was sitting uh, on the, the kneeling pad or whatever. Uh, and he's like, you're supposed to kneel there. And then George shows up. <laughs> I know. He always, hey, I got to talk to you, Jerry. Jerry is. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Go ahead, kid. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, the third one of my ranking is it's going to come from uh, the ninth season. Uh, Brad, Brad's favorite season for sure. Um is the Frogger? Oh, that's yes. a good one. <laughs> I love this episode. Basically, George and Jerry go back to their old high school hangout, and uh, George sees that he has the high score on the Frogger <laughs> machine still. So his goal is he's like, I'm buying it since it's shutting down. I'm taking it home, um, and I'm gonna put it in my apartment. So this also involves Kramer. He's at the the. Uh, the police station he got a a, a roll of uh, the tape uh, mm-hmm. the crime scene tape and he's gonna mark it off so oh. they can take the machine um, and basically it's just a great episode they have a, a character named Slippery Pete, Pete. Yep. that looks like a <laughs> <Yep>. frog <laughs> uh, it's just a great episode I'm trying to think there was uh, something with Elaine Oh, this is also the one where Elaine uh, start uh, at parties at work. They start having cake every every day, yes. basically, and she get, she get misses her sugar fix because she says she doesn't want cake anymore. 
She ends up eating uh, Peterman's cake, right? Peterman's yeah. cake. He bought like a 1936 <laughs> piece of cake from some <laughs> king's wedding, and she King starts, Edward. Yeah, King Edward, and she starts yep. eating it, and like at the end, he's like, "Well, I'm not going to punish you because you know what that's going to do to your digestive tract." <laughs> yep. Uh, it was just oh, a great episode. Man. So great. No, fantastic episode. I mean, we learn, um, you know, we learn George's middle name, I think, in that episode, where you got, where you see G, uh, GLC, George Lewis Costanza, um, up on the Frogger game. And then ultimately, you know, it all comes down to he's like, I've been living my whole life for this moment, getting the Frogger (laughs) machine across the street. And you see it, and it plays out just like Frogger, Frogger. like in the video game. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Kit, I will say it's it's not on my top five, but it should be because I actually think that was one of the very, very first episodes I actually saw when Seinfeld was, you know, in real time, like running, because yeah. um, most all of this knowledge comes from just, you know, the past probably 15 years of well, rewatching. Season yeah, and, season that yeah, would have been TBS after TBS and everything. But yeah. I think that was the first one, you know, when it was still on NBC that I actually saw, you know, also again, like with my dad and brother in my basement in Audubon. <laughs> so it should be uh, on my top five just for that fact alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it also makes me think that was the one where Jerry was dating the woman in like Riverside Park and there was a serial killer in Riverside <laughs> Park. He wanted to break up with her, but he, he couldn't do it because he Lisa, knew, right? Or yeah, Lisa, Lisa. Something. And Oh, the, the serial killer? It was, I think it was the Lopper. The, the yeah, Lopper. The Lopper, yeah, yeah. yep. And yep. ultimately, he didn't want to go home, so he agreed to go uh, date her again so he didn't have to leave and walk through the night. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Lopper and, hey, the Lopper ended up being, I don't remember if it was uh, Slippery Pete or the other guy, but, you know, one of the guys, if you remember, looks like a frog, they yeah. say, <laughs> the guys that are there to help him. And he's talking about, you know, an electrical outlet, and the guy has no idea what he's talking about, even though he's an electrician. <laughs> he's like, oh, you mean the holes? The holes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> and they're also convinced that they're like, "Well, we're stealing this, right?" He goes, "No, I paid for it. I really felt like we were stealing it." <laughs> like, <laughs> can, can I? Great episode. Did he, doesn't he talk about like, can I steal like a battery or something just so he feels yeah. like he can steal something? <laughs> uh, just so that he's stealing something. Oh yeah. 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 All right, Brad. Yeah, you're right. Number, you're number, number three. three. Num- number three. Number uh, three. Season eight, episode five. Named the package. Um, this one, we, you know, I had to give a huge shout out to Newman. Newman absolutely makes the show. He, as a uh, Kramer and Jerry's neighbor, uh, you know, they're at their apartment. New- Newman Such is kind of always Jerry's nemesis, and you know, he always <laughs> kind of wants bad things to happen to Jerry. Well, this is one of the times that he almost gets his wish. Um, he he gets it as much as he can, I guess I should say, but. In the package, the big thing is that uh, Jerry's stereo is broken. And Kramer basically says, you know, do you want a way to get a refund? And uh, eventually his refund is via insurance money from the post office, Uh, although Newman starts to grill him as he's on suspicion of mail fraud. But all while this is going on, George is uh, starting to flirt with a girl at a one-hour photo show or photo (laughs) store that they call Photo Store Sheila. Uh, (laughs) And uh, eventually, uh, Kramer, you know, gets his photog out again um, after previously taking a picture in a prior episode, too, of Elaine. um, And 
exposing her nipple. Uh, (laughs) Kramer now works with George uh, in the timeless art of seduction and probably one of just the greatest uh, posters, photos, whatever you could say, you know, right up there with the Kramer poster, like all time um, with you've got, you've got George posing shirtless, pantless, you know, Kramer's yelling at him, be a man, be a man. They're talking about his stoutness, tells him to take his shirt off to see the pecs, all of that stuff. You also get a glimpse of uh, Dr. Van Nostren because Elaine's got a rash in the episode, but her history (laughs) and her chart basically says she's a difficult patient. So she sends in Dr. Van Nostren from the clinic. (laughs) And uh, you also learn in this episode that Kramer doesn't know Elaine's last name. He says, it's Bennett, right? And she (laughs) says, my last name is Bennis, you jackass. (laughs) Hey. So eventually, you know, yeah. Newman basically uh, calls out Jerry, tells, says he's got mail fraud. He brings both Jerry and George in, and he actually get the photos from the one-hour photo place of Jerry, like, with a screwdriver and a picture of him and his stereo, but also of not only George shirtless in what could be some sort of mail-order pornography <laughs> ring, but also the co-worker of Sheila, yeah. who was a big... Um, big guy, uh, basically looks exactly like George Foreman, and yeah. eventually Sheila walks in, sees both photos, and is horrified. <laughs> Wait, isn't isn't Uncle Leo in He's this? In that yeah, episode. that's he my loses, guy. He loses his eyebrows in this episode. Ah! And Elaine draws him on because yeah. she's trying to get off the blacklist from oh, uh, damn uh, from the doctors for her. Yeah. That was a great episode. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I have, Jerry actually has Uncle Leo open this package because yep. uh, it's got weird print. And, and Jerry they, he and it. George talk about whether or not Jerry's bombable or not. So I suppose you think <laughs> you're bombable. Oh, man. Uncle Leo's my guy. Uh, the package I had written down on his honorable mention, too. So. All right, all right. Well, yeah. I was going to say, we're probably going to get a little bit closer in line on a yeah, few yeah, of these yeah. uh, as we move up the list. Yeah, so. All right. What is yours, Rob? Well, Kit will appreciate this one. Mine is The Strike, which would be Festivus. <laughs> I, I got to chime in real quick. That's my number two. Number so. two? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so. we, can go du- we can go duel on this one, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. So. Another one of mine that features Brian Cranston is Tim Watley role. He uh, has a Hanukkah party. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, Elaine gives him, or there's a guy that's creeping on her there. And he get, <laughs> she writes a fake number on the back of her atomic sub card where she was one away from getting a free sub. And... Uh, the number she wrote was for a betting parlor, right? Yep. <laughs> and she's mad because she realizes that she forgot uh, that she had this uh, coming up with the free subs. So she's she spends the whole episode trying to get this card back. And uh, she then writes a different number, which is the bagel shop that uh, apparently Kramer was on strike from for like years and the strike is over so he goes back to work for minimum wage at this place <laughs> that's right yeah. it's, great. it's great in that episode oh, yeah. because he talks about what they were trying to get at that time, time. And they're like that's the minimum, minimum wage, wage. Yeah. Goes, well we got it yeah. we got it and he's the only one that goes back because everybody else got new jobs so 
while this is going on, we find out that there's a, a holiday that George's dad came up with, which is called Festivus, which is he realizes when he goes to buy a doll for George and he beats the crap out of somebody to for this <laughs> doll and realizes there's got to be a way that's better. So he comes up with this holiday and it has an aluminum pole. I'll, I'll let Kit take over this. He's he's a festivist knowledge, or he has the knowledge. <laughs> he does. George, uh, George's dad doesn't like tinsel. Tinsel, Find, that's Finds it, it too distracting. <laughs> it's too distracting. Um, yep, there's an aluminum pole. And there's airing of grievances. Uh, feats of strength. The feats of strength where he has to wrestle his dad. dad. Wrestle all, your father. All, all, <laughs> I know, all, all I know is is that Kramer takes these ideas and runs with them. Oh, and he's fest- all about it with Frank Two festivist miracles. Yep. And then he has to walk out because he has to work a double at the bagel shop. Yep. So let me jump back in here. So... My actual favorite part of this episode, even though I love Festivus, is George realizes that people make these donations for <laughs> uh, <laughs> for like Christmas gifts, like in your name. So then he creates this fake thing called the Human Fund and starts handing them out while he's getting real gifts. And then Kroger or Mister Kruger, his boss, is like, "Oh, we need to make a." Uh, 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 donation to uh fu- or whatever and gives him a check. he g- gives him a check for and then he realizes it's not a real thing so then that's when george fe- fesses up about festivus so then they go to his I, parents I don't house believe in christmas I believe yeah in yeah yep, <laughs> they go to his parents house and his dad while he's airing grievances says kruger <laughs> my my son or what does he say my son tells me that your My company son tells me your company stinks. stinks. That's what it is. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, I laugh every time, man. And while we're on the subject, our friend here in my kit celebrates Festivus. He has his own pool. This is true. <laughs> uh, and it also makes me think of when Elaine is at the betting parlor. Uh, this is where I learned what a sawbuck is because she goes, put a sawbuck yeah. on, on Captain S- Nino in the third. Captain Nemo. Yep. That's right. At Belmont. But she, yep. but she says the Bo- Belmont and it's around Christmas. So I never got that. Well, they have more races than just the Belmont. Oh, stakes. gotcha. It's a, it's a tri- I thought it was the Belmont stakes. I'm like, that's not what happens. No. So. All right, hey, go Rob, ahead, kid. You, you nailed it, man. The uh, <laughs> the strike is is so good. I mean, so you also uh, have Jerry uh, dating a two face. Um, oh yeah, the two face that episode. That's when he has to take her to the specific booth in the coffee uh, place that they go to, right? Or even just in the coffee shop. Yep. <laughs> and when he's in the he's in the limo or the taxi. I'm sorry. And. <laughs> <laughs> it like changes when they go in the tunnel. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's funny because that's the one where she introduces herself to Kramer and then later He's like, on, that's not the same person. He's like, you're not Jerry's girlfriend. <laughs> he's like, she's, she thinks that Jerry's dating somebody else at that point. Yeah, and um, then he sees Elaine after she'd been on the steam and all the stuff's running down her face. And he, he, Oh, that's the ugly girl you've been dating. <laughs> yep. Uh, hey, oh, I've so, been in Schwitz for 12 hours. Yeah, <laughs> Give me a break. So, so great. All right. All right, we got to keep uh, moving because we're, we're, one, one we're taking a lot of time here. So. Go ahead, kid. Is just, oh, go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, just one last thing about that episode is you get to see uh, Kruger and uh, again Doctor Van Nostrand coming back together. Yeah, as uh, as as Kramer was, you know, reprising his role. I guess had previously reprised his role as Doctor Van Nostrand in the Slicer episode yeah. when he was uh, doing uh, cancer screens at Kruger Industrial Smoothing. <laughs> and he shows up at Festivus, and Kruger's like Doctor Van Nostrand. He's like, yep. <laughs> yeah. He just shakes his head. It's so <laughs> Very underrated part of that oh, episode. Yeah. So All right, go ahead. my second one is the contest. That's my number one. So number I one. figured we were going to cross up. Yeah. And the contest is basically George is caught by his mother self-gratificating himself at their house. <laughs> <laughs> Glamour magazine. Glamour, Glamour magazine. Exactly. And which leads her to being in the hospital. Because he had to zip up. Yeah, yep. And... <laughs> Uh, basically, it leads the four the four cast members to you know see who could hold out the longest of self gratification. Correct. And uh, hilarity ensues after that because basically there's a naked neighbor that lives across the street from Jerry, and they're all looking at her. And Jerry's like, "I can't take this." And Kramer comes back. He goes, "I'm out. I'm out." He slams down his hundred dollar bill. <laughs> and and then there's a. John Kennedy is a John Kennedy Junior Junior John Yep Yeah is working out at Lane's Club and she she basically can't take that um, and also there's the nurses at the hospital of George giving mother, sponge bath is best to hot <laughs> chicks right yep. next to George's mom Yep So basically <laughs> it uh, man it's just <laughs> that episode to me is probably one of the pinnacle episodes of just yeah, hilarity. And I mean, this is one of the episodes where they each didn't have their own tagline. It all kind of came together, together more than that's true where the other ones were all kind of, they went down their own road. Kramer mm. had his own thing. Yeah. This one was more central. And I think this was been around like season four or five, right? Uh, I think I you're think probably right. I'd that. say in the yeah in the four to six range, definitely. So, yeah, it's kind of where I'll it look really it started. To Season four, up. you're right, kid. Yeah. Okay. Episode ten. So it really started. This is where it picked up for people, and like this is a great show because it's just <laughs> where they took it. And Absolutely. Nothing, nothing was vulgar during it. It was no. just awesome because of how they towed the line with stuff. Kid, you're missing one of the most important parts of the episode. Is that Jerry is dating a virgin and he wants That's to right. you know, take her you know, to That's Pound Town, to yep. put it lightly, and <laughs> he's about to and he tells her about the uh, contest, yes, she yeah. freaks out, she ends up hooking up with JFK Jr. Because yep. yep. he was going to pick up Elaine because that's <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face because it's uh, so damn funny. Uh, like <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, that one is that one is perfect, uh, and that is uh, what's is it Daphne right from yeah. uh, For, uh, uh, what's Frasier? the show Frasier? Frasier, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, yep. And then she the, ends up uh, hooking up with them, and uh, so my question to you, Mike, is so in that episode I rewatched it again. They never actually say who won technically, but. They re- they reveal in the finale, right, that George cheated. Well, George says he cheated. Cheated, so right? I wonder if George and Jerry just didn't split the money. Money, yes. Yeah. They didn't, but 
that's correct. In the yeah. finale, George tells Jerry he cheated, cheated in yeah. the contest. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what always bothered me at the end is they never actually said who won because everybody was sleeping. Because that, that was a cool part of the episode, too. Everybody that got theirs started sleeping better and everybody else right. was not. They, yep. they were all restless <laughs> until they each went out, 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 out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. The uh, one 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 thought I just had when you mentioned the uh, woman, at, you know, in the apartment across the street is you've got Jerry sitting on the couch watching Looney Tunes yeah. and he's singing Ti- this song. No, no, uh, Tiny Tunes. The wheels on the bus go round, round and, and round. round. round and Kramer's round. sitting there and he can hear Jerry, but he goes, "The you know, <laughs> the woman across the street has nothing on, nothing and on." <laughs> we should mention that Kramer actually hooks up with her at the end. That's right. He sleeps out the window, and there's Kramer. And they show him at the very end, uh, sleeping in her bed. He's naked across the street with her. (laughs) And then he waves at him, (laughs) because they're all looking. Uh, All right. Go ahead, Brad. Well, so my number two, yeah, was actually the strike uh, that we just went over with with Festivus and such. So I can actually pass it back to you, Rob. So i feel like you guys will have this on here but mine is the marine biologist of course that's my number is one. that your number one yes oh my god what an all-timer you have <laughs> so jerry is at the atm next to this chick and he uh realizes it's this girl that they know from college or is a high school i can't remember i think it was college college yeah really? and She's asking him questions about what he's doing now, and then she actually asks about George. And so <laughs> Jerry makes up that <clears throat> he's a marine biologist. <laughs> and so he meets up with George after this, and he goes, and he tells him about this, and he's like, and George says, if you're lying to me, we're no longer friends. Like, this is my girl, you know, from college. He's like, no, she's going to call you. However, I should let you know that I told her you're a marine biologist. And he's so <laughs> pissed because, right. like, he always wanted to fake being an architect, which he does in a later episode, too. But <laughs> it's just so damn funny. Like, they, they're walking on the beach, and he's fumbling through talking about plankton and all this other, <laughs> other shit. And he then – there's a beached whale. Like, they're all looking at this beached whale, and he <laughs> – he starts walking out there. She's like, do it for me. And he ends up and he, he's like, something take, took over me. I get on top of it and like the tide flips us over. And he pulls out this golf ball, which calls back to the early part of the episode. Because Kramer had this whole trunk full of Titleist golf balls that he's hitting off the beach. And he hit one ball. One ball. Because he's it, telling the story. Sorry. He's like, I hit that ball, and it just, just stayed there, there. and yeah. then plunked. <laughs> and that's the only ball he yeah, hit out to yeah. the ocean that day. He's like, talk about a hole-in-one. Nope. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the last like the last uh, scene of that episode, when they're all sitting around at Monk's, the coffee shop, yeah. and George is telling the story, and out comes the golf ball from his pocket. <laughs> and Kramer goes, Titleist? And he kind of gulps. He goes, <laughs> A hole in one, yep. and uh, then it just you know cuts to black, and yeah. that's just a perfect ending. Oh. What about what about like that conversation when he he says, "I looked in the eye of the ba- big great fish," and Jerry's like, "Mammal, yeah, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh yeah, and he's supposed to be the marine biologist, marine, but knows biologist. very little about any oh, of it. Oh my god, it's so funny. That's also where the the golden boy came from. Where Jerry the t shirt, the t shirt. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
due to its age, golden, bo- golden boy and baby blue. Yep. <laughs> oh, it al- it also makes me think of when Elaine is, she's with like one of the writers of War and Peace. It's the Yuri something. It's Testikoff. the Russian dude. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And Jerry tells her, he goes, well, the actual name instead of War and Peace was War. What does it get for? And, <laughs> and she brings that up to him, and he, and that also turns into the organizer where it gets thrown out the window and hits the lady. Oh, in that's the head right. With Jerry's name on it. Oh. That's right. Great episode all around. Probably I I should have had it in the top five as well. Uh, definitely on my shorter list of honorable mentions. It's oh, great. Yeah. So, oh man, that. That was so. That was my number one. That takes care. Of, I think Brad, your your number one was gone too. Yeah, my number one. Let me see here. Was actually the Merv um, Griffin. Griffin show. Yeah. yeah, and then we covered mine with the contest. So oh man, I mean yeah. we have some overlap, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say my, uh, some of my honorable mentions. I don't know if we really got into the uh, mine was one of them was the soup Nazi, of course. I, I yep. just love that episode. Also, another one, the Junior Mint. Oh, where, where it's chocolate? Leaves, it's mint? It's delicious. It's, it's chocolate. <laughs> it's delicious. Um, where uh, Elaine finds out her, her ex-boyfriend is good-looking again. So she wants to go out with him, and he takes oh, a yeah, turn for yeah. the worst because Kramer and Jerry threw a Junior <laughs> Mint while he was in surgery. Um, George buys some artwork from him, kind of hoping that the guy dies, dies so it goes yeah. up in price. Yep, that's right. Classic George scheme. Yep. Classic, classic. Um, another one of mine was uh, ch- uh, Chicken ro- uh, Roaster from Kenny Rogers Chicken. Kenny I almost Rogers picked that Roasters. one. I had that as number seven as I ended in my top ten. Yeah. Because that... it has the <laughs> the sign blowing into the and, – and uh, Kramer moves in. To, to, the, to Jerry's. Basically, and Jerry Newman, they keep Kramer, bringing Kramer chicken over. Jerry, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. They, they basically switch lives. Oh, it's so great. Because Jerry talks about talking to Bob Sacamano. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. called last night. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. To get a new hat. To get yep. a, to, oh, because it's a, a the Russian hat because it's the Peterman account. Yep. And, it was a $10,000 Russian and hat. And Elaine actually goes to where Peterman is, which is like Myanmar or something. Yep. Myanmar. Uh, it's or Myanmar. Burma. I believe it's Burma. Yeah. Isn't that Myanmar? Yeah, it's so funny. All right. And then a couple of the other ones was the rye, where Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, they try to get the rye upstairs because Jer- uh, George's parents took the the bread back, and that's when Rusty the horse is just farting because uh, he's had too much beefarino. He fed him beefarino because he bought too much at the surplus store. Um, <laughs> and another one, this is probably my earliest one, is The Revenge, which is season two, where uh, George gets is going to get fired from work, and Elaine and, and uh, George team together to get revenge on his boss by drugging him. Oh, um, yes, the Mickey. Yep, the Mickey. And then uh, also that's when Jerry thinks he loses like $2,000, and so him and Kramer uh, pour bags of cement um, into the washing machine and just let it go. And then Kramer, uh, George or Jerry ends up finding the money later, so they didn't actually lose it, but they ru- they ruined the machine. Uh, it was great. So that was kind of my honorable mentions. Do you have a few honorable mentions, Brad? 
Yeah, I can give you guys a couple. I mean, I just kind of got like words almost written out here because they just ring a bell always that come back. But I mean, one thing is just the jerk store, which is basically the one from the comeback. (laughs) So trying to get back at this guy, uh, George, classic George, you know, (laughs) trying to one up somebody. I was going to say, peak George. Yeah, it is. (laughs) One uh, one of my earlier ones is uh, when they bring in the library cop, Mr. Bookman. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got a scene in there, like, you know, a three-minute, like, basically, he's got all the um, monologue and crushes it. Like, that guy does a perfect job of the role, the, you know, just everything within the show, nails it to a to a T. And then uh, I got to make a call out to just the number of, like, montages that are really in this show, and they're always, they're always so great. One I forgot to mention was actually, like, when... Uh, in my in my number five, the wizard episode, when you've got uh, you know Kramer kind of being introduced down in the retire, retirement community, and he's the, you know this young hip guy beating everybody at ping pong, dancing with all the ladies, and the guys are looking mad. But then they montage again, and you've got him ca- out campaigning. Um, but uh, there's one where Kramer gets free cable, and uh, while he's getting free cable, this guy keeps coming by. His, uh, his house to try to, you know, basically get uninstall the cable and make sure that Kramer goes back to his original subscription. But they basically had this entire, like, race through New York City, and it's it's just, it's Kramer to a T. Yep. <laughs> Typical Kramer. That's sure. right. And then one last one uh, I'll just say is uh, going to be the bro or the man's ear. Uh, and when they're sitting there... Uh, <laughs> Kramer and Frank, you know, have this scheme basically for a bra for a man. And they're just sitting there and they're talking about whether or not, you know, you should have hooks or Velcro in the back. And uh, they basically say, well, you don't want, you know, a woman back there fumbling, you know, when you're trying to get romantic. And the guy just ends the, ends the scene with the term summer nights. And I have no idea what it means, but it's hilarious. Oh, it's oh, great. Oh. So great. Do you have any more honorable mentions, Rob? No, we're, we're kind of running along, so let's just get to uh, Kit Fact. Okay, we're going to go to my uh, random Kit Fact. And uh, since we didn't have any uh, sports in this episode, I wanted to go to a sports fact. Um, and it's also induction for the Hall of Fame today. Yo, boy, Chipper. Exactly. So my random Kit Fact is about the MLB draft. Did you know that only two number one overall picks have been inducted into the Hall of Fame? The first one was a few years ago with Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Ken Griffey Jr., which was the 1987 Seven, draft. Yeah, that sounds right. And Chipper, I, who was added today, was the 1990 draft. That's crazy. And, and since 1965, we have had the MLB draft, and they've only had two number one picks make the Hall of Fame. Comparing this to the NFL, which has had nine overall since 1965, 15 mm-hmm. total, NHL's had seven, and the NBA's had 11. So that just wow. tells you that the MLB is so hard to but, Yeah, to baseball's shine. just so hard. Yep. That's, that's crazy. Like, And I, I knew Chipper was one of them, but I forgot that Ken Griffey was a top overall pick. Yep. Brad, you got any comments on that? Do we lose you? Oh, there you are. Oh, sorry. You're good. Just that uh, Ken Griffey Jr., favorite favorite athlete probably of all time. Um, 
uh, in, when, I, when growing up, my, my brother uh, smartly uh, recognized the, the talents of Michael Jordan, probably, and, <laughs> and the worth of memorabilia a little bit better than I did. But his room and, you know, everything he had was Michael Jordan related, actually a lot of Emmett Smith stuff, too. But, but for me, it was all about King Griffey Jr. Love the Mariners, you know, the love back, the team, love him. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, say that again. Swing. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, great fact from you today, Mike and Brad. I really appreciate you jumping on and doing this with us. I think we hit uh, quite a few great episodes from Seinfeld. I could talk Seinfeld. about Seinfeld for eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we, I, we could uh, actually do our own podcast on that, I think. so. Exactly. I, I do, and um, I bring it up in every single day life. Because the best thing about it is the fact that, you know, you can relate something that happens to you back to Seinfeld every single day. Absolutely. It's got so many one-liners, and you're able to quote it all the time. So, yeah, one, Two last things, actually, about okay. Seinfeld. Um, one is uh, that I've, I guess, been having opportunities to go to uh, New York City. I've visited the... Monk's Restaurant before, which oh, is sure. uh, on the west side, uh, up actually past Central Park on like a hundred and probably a hundred twentieth or something street. But uh, it's actually called Tom's Restaurant, and it looks nothing like the interior from the show, <laughs> actually in real life. That's crazy. And then also, I was just in New York City in May um, for a, a relative's wedding, and uh, I'm sending you guys the picture right now, but. Uh, there happened to be an AIDS walk going on in uh, Central Park that day, and uh, my uncle and I, we got a picture right at the finish line of the AIDS walk, which uh, was oh, probably should have been also an honorable mention of mine as well. Oh, that's a great episode. <laughs> I can't wait to look at it. the AIDS walk in the morning. <laughs> I can't wait to look at it. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Brad, I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on, bro, so... We'll uh, we'll do this again. We'll uh, we'll have you on for something else, you know. So yeah, hey, if we, you know, we're in the same Seinfeld world. Uh, if we really want to throw it out to you know one of the probably most renowned creators, uh, we can move on to Curb next and Ooh. keep hitting LD. I don't, Curb your enthusiasm is an underrated show. I don't know if you've watched that, Mike. I haven't watched all. Oh of it, man, it's, it's it's great. It's it's, it's basically the same thing. It's awesome. So it's the same thing, just uh, with the opportunity, you know, to get a little crude. You bet, you bet. So, all right, well, we better wrap this up, Brad. Like I said, appreciate you having on, and Kit, why don't you in the corner for us and tell the good people what we have next? Next, we're going to be doing a ragbri <laughs> uh, recap with uh, Cody and the Wills. So we'll right. be back in a little bit here. All right. Back to Welcome to the Dog Pound. Right, and we are back for our 
last section of Welcome to the Dog Pound. And I have three of my friends here that uh, participated in old Regbri this week in Cody Fredersen, Will Johnson, and Will Probin. So each of you say what's up. What up? Hello. Just want to send a big shout out to Kit for that awesome intro song. Uh, that was a great Dio song. <laughs> now, you, now you have to play one. Yeah, now you have to play it. So, all right. So, Cody, start us off, my friend. Sure. So, Ragbri, big adventure. Um, three just really seasoned bikers went out there, and I would say overall <laughs> just destroyed it. Um, really, mm-hmm. I would say we Besi- were, we were the highlight of the trip for everyone that participated. It was it was like like it was like being famous, you know, <laughs> walking through the city. It was nice. I know what Tom Brady feels like as he walks through the streets of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the one of the things that kind of popped into my head uh, that I wanted to ask you guys before we get into it too: How much money did you spend in preparation for this thing? Because I was kind of looking through my bank account last week. That was rough. Uh, well. I had just swapped up to a, a new bike, so that that cost me uh, about three hundred extra dollars just out the <laughs> get go, and then uh, about three hundred more, I'd say, probably all together. So about six hundred, maybe top right. to bottom. Damn. Will Jay, would you spend it? Yeah, I mean, I dropped some coin. Luckily, I bought my very advanced bike um, seven years ago, which, according to an old man riding behind me. That was a very elite bike back in the day. Elite. And he goes, hey, man, is that a C360? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't know what that is. I'm not I'm not a big biker, but uh, thank you for the comments. So, <laughs> yeah, over a stretch of time, I you know, I dropped a few coins to for Ragbri, even though. Should we describe that we only did like uh, one day? Uh, yes. Uh, so the plan, the plan was to do two. We, we had every intention, I think, of doing two. Um, but then fate is a cruel, cruel mistress, and I think she just got in the way. Um, <laughs> overall, because I think we had a pretty good plan going into it. Um, we all knew that we were not expert bikers. Um, so the plan was to take the truck, take turns driving. One guy drives, meets us at Town X. Uh, one of them gets in the truck, the other two ride along, so on and so forth. So I think we had a good plan. Um, I, I think we failed, uh, you know, inevitably by not training whatsoever for the thing, you know. That should probably be a key point <laughs> next year's, maybe, maybe, uh, riding our bike a little bit beforehand. I would say step one, yes. Uh, also, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. we'll training do- zero miles is not suggested. Yeah. Will J, if you're gonna um, do rag rag. you may want to get a new chain. Uh, you went seven we- seven years on the same chain, so you're supposed to change it out like basically every two years. I found out. Is it really? Yeah, that's why his son like shit the whole time. Nah, <laughs> let it ride, bud. Don't worry about it. Don't don't listen it'll, to him. It'll just break. He made it. You got a C360, bud. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll last think forever. It's a hot the th- big thing going into this was we wanted kind of an educational, hey, you know, what's this gonna take? We wanted to get a feel for Ragbri, and I think we we got our taste. So if yeah. we're gonna go back next year, year after that, we're a little bit more prepared of what needs to happen. I agree. It started off yeah, rocky, though. It's definitely rocky. I can can I ask a question? 
So, my question is, who or what was the weirdest thing or person you saw on your trip? Well, we all know the weirdest thing that happened to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we can end with let's, that. Let's That's get fine. it out. Let's just talk about it now. <laughs> all right. We did, okay. We let it rip. Get into it? Because it's all going to be downhill yeah. from there. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like fun. It's the wall of dicks. <laughs> yes. Hands down, wall of dicks was. Yeah. Please, please describe the wall of dicks. The highlight, the low light, and everything in between. <laughs> I guess, Will Jade, do you want to do the, or, or, yeah. do do the background we'll on the wall of uh, dicks? You were right. Johnson, the jump in. <laughs> let it rip. So. What happened was, at Ragbri, there's not a lot of showers. And essentially, there's usually two to three public shower areas. And there's always a long line. And so you just got to wait. You just got to wait in line. It's usually like five bucks. And you pay to take a shower. Not a big deal. And in this case, it was in the basically the locker room of a, a middle school. I think they had four to six actual showers okay. working at one time and just yep. a load of sweaty, sweaty dudes. Okay. Yeah. So Will and uh, Cody going first. Uh, Will Probin and Cody going first. And as I understand it, everything's going pretty normal. Um, yep, yep. Everyone waiting in line, went in. Turns. Saw an opening in the shower. We got, you know, you take your clothes off, you go into the opening of the shower. Okay. Yep, and we had a pretty good system. The guy in front of yep. us really, I think he mapped it out. He said, hey, instead of going in there and standing around a bunch of naked dudes with their dicks out, um, mm-hmm. how about we wait for a couple to come out? Because that means that there's probably a shower open. That person <laughs> could go in there. And then, you know, you just limit the amount of nudity and just awkwardness. But, uh, yeah, because there's a lot of dudes in one little space. Yeah. A lot of dudes. Yeah. And so, somewhere between that guy and wherever uh, Johnson went in, uh, it ended up being a you know about forty dudes just in a row standing butt ass naked waiting to shower. Yep. I and uh, I'd say about I'd say 30, 30, 40 guys in that in that locker room. But when I was walking out, in a twenty tight, of them in the line, skinny line, and and naked. That's what just, I, don't I mean, dicks everywhere. Like I don't understand. Where, <laughs> that's a lot of dicks. Where the process began because when we first got in there, when Will Prover and I were in there, it was nice and orderly. I went in there, took my shower. A little bit awkward, whatever. Walked out, was drying off. By the time I had put on my old underoos and turned around, the wall of dicks was just forming. I mean, it was uh-huh. in full effect. So apparently one guy decided, hey, I'm going to get naked. Some guy looked at him said, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to get naked and wait for <laughs> so, And somehow 20 other dudes behind him said, you know what? Yes. I'm doing it too. This is, I want it. it was a domino effect of dicks. Oh. It, perfectly described. Yeah. And yeah. it was like... Every everyone was standing so close in this line. It was a tight line, and you couldn't get through. So that's why <laughs> we named it the wall because you had to step through the wall. Yes. Of dick. Wait. And, so no, Will Proben was very very lucky in the fact that he was on the good side yeah. of the wall of dicks. So he was, was on the good absolute. side. I was yeah. trapped. It was <laughs> a literal wall and then a wall of dicks. So was, all right. So. When you're approaching said wall, your dick's out too, right? At this point, I'm yes. fully clothed. Okay. 
I'm you were fully clothed. Yeah, I'm good to go because I was. Will Johnson was obviously had his dick out. He was part of the wall. Of he <laughs> saw the line of dicks. He jumped in, dude. Yes. He he wanted that. He wanted to be a part I, of it so bad. I, so you're sheep. I turned the corner and it's just like it's everywhere. So I you mean, pulled your like pants down immediately. Yep, Woodstock, I said zero clothes. And so I'm just like, well, I might as, might as well join in. So, you know, I, I think it'd be weird to leave my clothes on. So I went in. And the, you, the you thing that got even more though. weird is that these all these guys started having conversations. But everyone was very careful to look each other in the eye. And Well, yeah, you, know, you don't want to be the guy that checks at wieners. About, you know, whatnot. It, <laughs> well, let's let's be honest, Johnson. How, how many how many dicks do you look at? How many do you check out? How many do you size up? Hundred at least. <laughs> I mean, none on purpose. But it was, it was hard on purpose. I mean, there were just so many. Like you can't not see something accidentally. Yeah, you couldn't have swung a stick and not hit a dick. <laughs> Man, that's, that's... You, yeah, absolutely true. That is nuts. That is nuts. Then you throw in a little cup, a few twelve-year-old boys, and it really makes it awkward. Yeah, yeah. There's kids in there. It, just, it was just yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. it was old Bosnian men. The old Bosnian <laughs> men were really trying to get a locker. Like they were naked <laughs> and obsessed with getting their clothes in a locker. Well, and they were very like. They were cool with taking them off, but they needed the locker to yeah. put them in. Okay, like, dude, no one's taking your dirty ass clothes. <laughs> yeah. And we're all naked. so I imagine you know, that's a big hurdle at Ragbite is like that. You just have to get outside of your comfort zone. I mean. Especially around the shower situation. Unless you know someone and you can go to their house, you know, if you're just winging it and don't know any, anybody in that town, you know, you're going to have to get over a lot of public restrooms, a lot of porta potties, a lot of awkward sure. shower situations. Yes. You know, so it's for self growth. Self growth. You get comfortable with who you are. That's for damn sure. All right. What we got next? But, I mean, overall, I guess, what do you guys think? Because I, I would say I ride slightly more than you two. Not much, but slightly. Basically, I ride downtown, get drunk, and then ride back home. Bingo. And I do that, hopefully, a couple times a week if I can. What do you guys think, though, like, next day? Were you sore at all? Did you have, I mean, did you think it was going to be that bad? Was it easier? It's, well, for me, going in, um, our my longest ride ever was the 25 miles we did maybe a month before. And then, uh, so that was my longest ride. We, I absolutely, I doubled that on our on our day of Ragbrike when we rode about fifty miles each, and uh, I had never felt that much pain in my butt bottom <laughs> ever. Like I, toward the end of that fifty, I mean, I was I was on struggle bus, dude. I was it was really really hard just to move my legs because of the pain coming out of my butt bones. So besides that, I felt I felt like I did pretty good. Right on. Yeah, I'll second that because you were, I would say that first trek that you did and the second part that I did, I think that was the hardest of the whole trip, especially that five mile hill between like Dedham and Coon. That was just <laughs> yeah, that, a dirty sob. That was rolling out. And I've never, I've, I'm, I've honestly not been that scared in my life uh, when we were going about thirty miles per hour down that. That one hill, or however fast that was. Oh yeah, it was probably faster than that. It was, that was the fastest I've ever gone on a bike. Ever. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was, awesome. it was fearful. I mean, you're just shaking because of the wind. Any any bad move, and dude, we'd been we'd have been toast. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, I was going down one of those really steep hills, and there was a bunch of people behind me, and my water bottle flew off. <laughs> and I saw a bunch of bikes swerving left and right. Luckily, nobody crashed, but, um, I, you know, it, it scares you as an inexperienced biker. It's like, yeah, people die on Ragbri. And yeah. um, this is probably the moment when you're going down a hill at 30 miles an hour and you're not really good at biking. Um, that that could have been your last moment. So that would scare the hell out of me. I was yeah, I was behind when your water bottle fell off because I broke <laughs> a spoke going down a hill, and I just thought to myself, "What jackass didn't secure the water bottle? Like that's just the easiest thing in the world to do." Of course, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> so I found some numbers uh, from I think two years ago, and they were at nineteen thousand plus a day. So we were over 20,000 riders a day this year. Damn. All right. And speaking of riders, and, uh, uh, shout out to the lady who had two kids. They were probably like three to five on the front of her bike, and she did the whole damn thing. Whole damn thing. I don't know what in the hell she <laughs> like does to train or if she was just doing lines of coke every stop, but uh, mad respect to her. I also give a shout out to my my friend Al that I met at Cliff's place in Manning, Iowa. <laughs> Cliff's place is a uh, great, great place. Al and I shared a seminar role together, and he is seventy one years old. First time doing ragbri, doing it all by himself, all seven days. Solo. Solo and unemployed. I don't know if Al. What a hard it, ass! Because he was struggling on day two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> day two, like quarter way to the day. But good for Al. He's a he's a school bus driver, retired, um, just you know, really living life. Said he put had to put a lot oh, on the stud. credit card to get Ragbright done. So Godspeed, Al. <laughs> Never stop challenging yourself. <laughs> what else? Also, we got, I think Coach? we should give shout outs to some of the towns. Uh, oh, let's know, g- let's give an F you to Aspenwall. Just uh, you hate Aspenwall? Fuck Aspenwall. Yeah. What did it do? Stupid. Not a big fan of Aspenwall. Um, second. Why? Fuck Will Johnson for making me ride through Aspinwall. <laughs> so we, we could have we went straight and ended in Manning. Life would have been fantastic. Manning's a great town. Manning wasn't bad. But he goes, no, let's, let's just follow everybody in, in the turn here. All it did was take us up two giant-ass hills. That was it. Yeah. Did you actually it, stop Asp- in Aspinwall? Aspinwall is we too small of a town oh, to have them. anything. I don't even think they had a bar or anything. So, no, it's and, a small-ass town, man. But they made you go on a detour man. through Aspinwall. You could have rode straight, though. Um, but Manning was a great town. You're rolling into town in Manning, down this this hill, and they just have townspeople yelling free Bud Light everywhere. Yes. <laughs> so, great. Manning's a great town. Manning was a good town. It was solid. Yeah. yeah. Also, after uh, Cody and Will Probin took off, I drove from Manning to uh, Coon Rapids, and... Uh, the the Manning Lions Club had a pancake feed, and <laughs> God just gotta give him a shout out. Free will donation. <laughs> they give you huge stack pancakes. I got maybe eight to ten sausages and <laughs> stack of eggs. Was that your double breakfast day? Oh. That was well, triple breakfast technically. Triple breakfast, Jesus. because 
with Al, I had a cinnamon roll, and I also had um, pancake-covered sausages. That sounds pretty epic, bro. So, a lot of sausages that day. Like, that's a lot of food to run with. Did you try to poop your pants? I would have. Oh, no, he just he shit everywhere. Like, what? You took more dumps than any one human did that day. <laughs> it was in, unreal. Every place we stopped, I feel like you were just like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. Gotta fire it out. Which on the That's another fun, fun thing about Ragbri's is finding places to poop. Yeah, I, I was actually going to ask that. Yeah, Cornfields apparently is a big fan favorite. Like, that's yeah. a big thing, is to just go in the corn. <laughs> Things only place doing it. No lying, little privacy. See, I think that, that was my issue. I think I have a phobia of public restrooms. I like I can go. So you didn't go the whole time? I tried. So I got a bad tenderloin in Coon Rapids. Whoever made that, shame on you. Uh, cheese curds were good, though. But after that... How do you make a bad tenderloin? That's hard to mess up. They put too much junk on there. They tried to put, like, flavoring, and it's just... Yeah. You stick to just a good quality cut of meat. <laughs> and then, you know, I I grew up young Daryl's place, so... My standards are high. But, yeah, after that, that's... Uh, that's my big excuse for why I didn't do day two. Because I basically stayed up all night trying to number two. And just not happening. <laughs> not happening. Even tried to get really drunk that night. We Where were you trying to number two at? Where were you going? Were you sneaking out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a line of porta potties up there. I went in and basically, yeah. well, also after the dick wall, I found a, a nice uh, public restroom there in the school and just shooting air. Nothing solid. Yeah. Bummer. And I was laughing hysterically because there was a dude shaving <laughs> in the sink and then somebody <laughs> sat down right next to me and then just shooting air and laughing. And But, you know, joke's on me, I guess. <laughs> that sounds like you, that you'd giggle the whole time. <laughs> well, it was dead silent, so <laughs> I had no choice. Oh, man. So what else you got written over there, Code? Uh, you know, that was, Anything fun? That was a big thing. Uh, here's just another random question, especially after the whole shower thing. So I saw some people that they didn't shower. It looked like they just kind of washed their clothes, and then they hung them up. And by washed their yeah. clothes, they found out, like, a hose or something. Uh Got the hose again. Would you bang a chick on Ragbri that was like mm. day two, day three, or beyond that hadn't showered? Well, you got to give us some context here. Is it an attractive person or well, yeah, any chick? Obviously. Not, <laughs> not any because, yeah. At that point, you're getting kind of picky because you're like, you know what? I'm tired. I don't need this. Does that happen well, a lot? Is it like the Olympics where they just let it rip? like that, then, you know, it's – it's kind of equal. I don't know. I think I'd pass up a lot. Unless it's like Kate Beckinsale again. She I was actually Jewish. surprised at the lack of debauchery. Yes. I figured there would be a free-for-all. No orgies, no yeah. drugs that I saw. Yeah. There was, at least in the day or so that we did, we didn't see too much. Well, I think that answers the question, though, doesn't it? I mean, the fact that that's probably the reason why no one's banging. All that dirtiness. Everyone's turning down the tang because of the non-showers. <laughs> Speaking of, you kind of not got proposition, but you, oh. had, a, you had a lady caller that was. I did. I mean, yeah, her. I did have a chance. You know, I did have a chance. <laughs> and uh, I will say that the reason why I, I, you know, 
turned it down wholeheartedly was because she was still in her her race gear. Yes. Meaning yeah, and she it was did not shower. What'd she look like? Well, she was not great. No, <laughs> kind of your but I mean, 40s, not... it, you know, I could have pulled it for rag bra. It could have been a bit rag bra move, you know. Yeah, she'd been just fine. Yeah, but the whole non-shower thing—I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. I Could you have done it by the wall of dicks? Ooh! <laughs> Everybody watching. That's a new element. On <laughs> you know, at that, that point, I thought, "Wow, anything could happen." Oh. After seeing that, I, wall. I feel like the. From what you guys talked about the 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 wall being set up, anything goes over there. So you pull one of these chicks that are you know DTP, as I like to say, down to pound. Anything goes. <laughs> yeah, the chicks weren't too frisky. I think they really knew they had the power. <laughs> once again, but uh, yeah, except for that one special lady, she was really digging hairball played in Jefferson. Hairball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Big shout out to Hairball. They killed it. Killed it. You've never seen Hairball? I highly suggest it. Wait. It was my first time experience, and they were good. They were good. Yeah. So you guys stopped in Jefferson? That was where we camped. Yeah. Yeah, that was where we camped. Was it right by the casino? The tiny-ass casino? Didn't go to Wild Rose. Okay. It was. uh, No, Wild Rose is like outside town. Oh, okay. They do have a baller-ass bowling alley, though. I was impressed with that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Spare time lanes and lounge. There you go. Oh, they, I bet they got some uh, good grub at the old bowling alley. Uh, they did look like they had, they were working it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got some, like, sketchy wings or something. I don't know. What do you mm-hmm. eat at a sketchy bowling alley? Yeah, probably something you can microwave. Yeah, bingo. Hot pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Pizza rolls, I don't know. <laughs> what else do you got for me? No, other than that, it wasn't super eventful. I won't say I was disappointed, but I guess the biggest thing is I really expected, you know, kind of the campsite to be wild. Yeah. There really wasn't anything that happened there. I'm not disappointed we didn't ride day two, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think I'd do it again if I couldn't shower somewhere. I don't want to experience the wall of dicks again. That was probably awkward. I understand. I will say this. A couple co-workers went. They, they did a charter system, or they do, like, a big group. And uh, apparently there's this big bus or whatever, and then um, that charter system had set up places for them to stay and showers and whatnot. And uh, they also uh, have, they do stops and they do house parties. They went to this huge house party with this slip and slide and like uh, just, you know, like people who weren't actually riding were just getting crazy. So I think it's all about finding the right group to go with, you know. Obviously, the junior high, uh, the junior high, high school campout was just you know, just for a bunch of dicks. I think. <laughs> so if you, but all you can find there. Yeah, if you love dicks, just love <laughs> to see them, love to be around them. Do that, camp out, pay five bucks. <laughs> Bring your own towel though. This towel sucks. They're like big hand towels. Big hand towels. Okay. <laughs> um, what was I gonna ask? Uh. So, like, writing on this, like, did, so the section in between towns, like, did it feel like you just had to keep up with people, or was it just you doing your own thing? I guess that was my question. Dude, there are so many people. I yeah. mean, so many people. Everywhere 
you go. There's, there's. So you're passing people as many people you're passing. You're getting passed. Um, I, I never felt like there was any time to keep up. You just, you just, you just do what you you can do. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like with us three, when two of us were riding, we would kind of get a, apart from each other. There was no really staying with a, a buddy kind of system. Um, it's just too difficult with that many people around you. Sure. Yeah, I'd say. But then you got those dicks on the end that would uh, those guys that you know we see when you're driving around the groups of guys who go out cycling and at 80 miles per hour and <laughs> really take it seriously. Yeah, those guys are kind of douchey, and they were always in a pack, and they'd like, yeah. you know, it's like oh, Tour de France, get out of my way, and like ten of them would whiz past you and almost get hit right. by a semi coming the other way. And it's like, whatever, bro. We know you spent three thousand dollars on your bike. Okay, I get it. Yeah. And you go to school <laughs> class. So. I'd say overall we did well though. Like at all times, I felt like we were at least flowing fairly fast, or we're passing a lot of people too. Yeah. And a lot after you figured it out, that was a big thing. I wish someone would have explained that. If you're going slow as shit, stay to the right. Yeah. And for the most part, people did that because I kind of rode down the middle of the the highway as long as there wasn't a car coming. And you were you had enough room. You were free to kind of do whatever you wanted to do. And it worked out well. I mean, for a, a big CF of 20,000 people, I would say it went as well as you could imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, was looking at, I was looking through an article about the deaths and crazy things. Like Up until 2014, there's only been 30 deaths um, on Ragbri. Like, only four of them are bike-related. The other, like, 20-something 20, 20 are, like, heart attacks. And, and uh, one couple people died because a tree limb fell on their tent while they were sleeping. Like, weird shit. Not what you would think of 20,000 people going down one road, you know? There'd be crashes all the time. There's just really not. It's overall pretty safe thing. Yeah. Unless you're a fat old guy who drank the whole time and <laughs> has a chance. Yeah, so that's my question. I know you guys didn't go the whole time, but, like, how do people, like, crush it and then get up and ride. Like I don't get that. Like, you sweat a lot of it out. Like, yeah, you, you but like, pretty good. It, you still well, gotta get up and go. It was actually bike. pretty hard to get a buzz because yeah. you'd stop in this town, even if you chugged three beers, four beers. Yeah. By the time you get to the next town, you're like, I just want a water, and I don't feel like I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And even like, and then you're so like exhausted, even if, if you drink a lot the night before, you wake up and. I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. Because yeah, we were all slugging, towards the end of the night especially, we were all slugging uh, vodka or some sort of liquor. Then we switched back to beer, I guess, but we had our fair share. Mm-hmm. Enough that we probably should have had a little bit of a hangover, but <laughs> I just wanted to number two. That's what you're worried about the whole time. Yeah. Which I did as soon as we got to Will's house. Boom. Destroyed it. Blew that yeah, up. It smelled four hours later. Well, it also helped <laughs> that, um, you know, I ate eight meals, maybe nine, that day. <laughs> in yeah, a, it sounds in like a you had a sixteen-hour period though. because everybody's got food and it's so great, <laughs> and everybody's you know serving you up, and so I, I couldn't turn it down. Man, <laughs> and the price was right too. I was really expecting to get kind of effed over. Like it was good. Every like beers were three to four bucks, but most yeah, of I was I was actually curious about that. Yeah, food was. Ice, I mean, affordably. It wasn't like going to a baseball game or something where you just grab your ankles. Yeah, like, that's true. Good. 
Yeah, I had the best apple pie of my life in Scranton from the local church ladies. This Oof. is after you ate like 15 pancakes? Uh, yeah, this would have been later in the day. <laughs> um, this is towards the end in Scranton, <laughs> Iowa. Scranton's is a good pie. town, man. It's a nice little town. Yeah. Nice little, nice little gazebo. You bet. We hung out there for a while. Cool. Uh, this lady. Oh, okay. Another thing that's crazy to me is that there are so many people on Ragbri that chug cigarettes. And like on I, their I bike? I don't get it. Like big smokers. No, everywhere you stop, there was a, a crowd of smokers somewhere. I don't. Oh, we had a nice, we had a nice sit down with that lady that quit smoking, that was telling us about, telling us all about quitting smoking while she was smoking. <laughs> well, she was also explaining how she quit smoking and drinking. Yeah, while she was. It's rag rice, so I'll quit again after, because she was yeah. chugging <laughs> vodka and yeah. smoking, pounding cigarettes. Right. Oh my God. It's her rumspringa. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. All right. So, we got anything else from you guys for the Reg Bree Reg Kit uh, recap? No. Other than that, I mean, I think we hit the, the basics. You know, I mean, let's figure out, are we are we doing this again next year, boys? Yeah, Who, who's in? I kind of want to join in, man. Yeah, let's I, say Rodney, as long you, as, long as we're not doing it? the whole week. I can only handle Wall of Dicks for like two days. We should go three days. I feel like three, <laughs> we half-ass the second day, and then we, like, get after it on day three. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Probin, put me in, bro. I'm in. All right. All right. I might be work. down for a day or two. <laughs> you got you to gotta drive us around, Will. Yeah, exactly. You're driving. You need to buy a van, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's on well, the And a trailer. I do have two babies on the way, so I'm going to walk it off. some additional uh, <laughs> transportation. We'll get one of those carriers in the front of the bike that like that lady had, dude. There you go. Time to step up. Bring them <laughs> I'll put a baby in the front and a baby on the back. There you go. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I uh, huh? I appreciate you guys coming on. This was a good time, and I, <laughs> the wall of dicks is going to be ingrained in everybody's huh? brain. I think so. All right. Just glad we can give back. You know, give back <laughs> with the wall of dicks. Yeah, it's the one thing Ray Brad never talks about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they that's should put that on their website, website or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for the Wills and for my friend Cody Fred here, uh, I appreciate you guys' time and thanks for being on. And Welcome the to the Dog Pound. If you ever been here, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh-huh. Where people don't dance, all they do is yeah. this. Uh-huh. And after the this original, you know what it is. Welcome to Atlanta. Remix, it had to go down. I got something else to tell you about the new Motown. Oh, Where people don't visit, they move out here. And ain't no telling who you might see up in Lenox Square. I don't know about you, but I miss the Freak Nick. Cause that's when my city used to be real sick. People from other cities used to drive for miles. Just to come and get a taste of this ATL. I'm the MVP, most ballin' this player. Make my own moves, call me the mayor Monday night, you know things change with time Magic City back looking like 89 All my homies on the south side up in the Ritz Tuesday night, the Velvet Room 
on, same shit on, Wednesday yeah. strokers, I don't go no more Cause they don't know how to treat you when you come through the door Thursday night was push, but we moved the fuel And I be up in the booth drunk, acting the fool Friday night at Kaya, they still got love And the shark bar be popping like it's a nightclub Saturday still off the heezy for sheezy You can find me up in one tweezy Sunday, didn't need some sleep, please I'm on my way to the deck to hit jazz and tease Holla Representing NYC to the floor.